everyone. You are listening to Let's Talk Trees, a podcast brought to you by C4Ecraft. I'm Anggi Chahening Tias, and for COP26 special, we are interviewing a number of experts to address strategic issues on climate change, mitigation, and adaptation. This time, we have Pam Tutui, our team leader of climate change, energy, and low-carbon development. Hi, Tui. Hi, Anggi. Yeah, thank you for being here with us. No, it is a pleasure to be here with you. During this cup madness, and thank you for being here. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll shoot my question then. The first one is, can you explain the role of sustainable financing to reach climate goals? Uh, yes, so uh, finance has always been uh, a key element to ensure many climate change and also forestry policies. Because with sustainable financing, first of all, the government can tap um, sufficient resources to implementing what they put um, in their policies. Um, also because the likes of sustainable financing, preventing many uh, policies um, to be translated on the ground. Sustainable financing not just only help the government to implementing their policies with sufficient uh, you know, uh, financial resources, but in many cases also become an important uh, financial incentive to mobilize you know, private sector, um, local communities, and also many uh, state agencies to um, implementing environmental friendly policies and, and projects and also have um, the local communities and also indigenous people who most of the time um, have, have a limited access to financial resources to transform their uh, practice on the ground and to be able implementing uh, many um, activity that, that are without um, sustainable financing. It would be extremely difficult for them to implementing sustainable um, you know, kind of um, forest protection activities and also to ensure their livelihood. Thank you, Tui. What a strategic role it has to move things around, yeah? So yes. can you tell us a simple assessment then, how sustainable is the financing system now and what can be improved? So when you're looking at the financing um, mechanism and also um, looking at the climate uh, change um, you know, policies and also how it is currently being financed, we actually um, can look at a different level. So at the global level, um, from, we do see that um, despite the fact that there is a global commitment, particularly from the donor, private sectors, um, and also international organization to provide sufficient uh, finance to um, drive transformational change in you know, land use change, also in the way that people are now practicing their activities that might have an um, impact or on the on the global uh, communities, but also on our ecosystem services. Then, um, if you're looking at that complex network and also the policies, um, the finance that are made available have not been able to meet the expectation and what is required to do the transformational change. Um, at the national level, I think that we cross many um, donors. Um, international organization and also the government report um, highlighting you know the limitation of to assess and also to ensure the sustainable financings um, to be able to implementing what they uh, envision and also uh, put it in their um, national government commitment towards a climate change mitigation and adaptation um, at, at the local community level if you're also looking at the climate change finance flow 
um, and actually look at how much the money has been transferred to the local communities and individual households, particularly at the developing countries, you do see that um, most of the time, um, the monies are channeled into government agency or to um, a, a large scale organization, uh, while in fact at the local level, local communities and indigenous people had a very limited access to this funding. And um, most of the time, uh, the fundings come in in terms of the projects, which mean that after the project end, there is no sustainability um, to ensure that, you know, the continuation of the projects or um, have adequate support. Uh, why, in fact, you know, in order to achieve transformational change, we do need a long term um, kind of support. And, and for the reason, the, the project based model um, with an, a certain period of time that you receive the funding actually pose a lot of difficulties and challenges for um, the local communities and also indigenous people and also the local government in um, ensuring the permanence of, of their climate change uh, commitment. Thank you, Tui. So it has yet to meet the expectation, but I hope that the commitment for climate change finance keeps improving and also become more sustainable and accessible for all. Uh, thank you, Tui. Uh, do you want to give more example, perhaps from Vietnam, because you're you have a lot of experience working there? Um, I wanted to take examples in in Vietnam, because um, uh, currently, in order to implementing all of the policies that are stated in the um, NDCs or in the Vietnam Forestry Development Strategies from 2021 to 2020 uh, to, to 2030, with a vision to the 2050. Um, the current funding uh, is only able to meet about 30% of the actual demand um, that you to really uh, enable the Vietnamese government to translate their commitment into concrete activity. But at the same time, the funding is quite um, um, unstable because um, the state budgets, particularly allocated to the forestry sector, has declined over time. Um, and, and it's posed another challenging for the forestry sector to um, impose or to, to improve um, and also to maintain the law enforcement, but also to ensure that there is sufficient financial incentive for the government to develop a different co-management model where they can actually provide a financial incentive and also support for the local communities when they um, engage in forest protection activities. And similarly, as I mentioned earlier, that most of the forest protection activities in Vietnam are mainly funded through um, international uh, projects, which is again, we fall into the problems of that after the project end, most of the time our the, uh, forest protection activity that has been quite successful in the past could not continue because there was a lack of sufficient and, and sustainable funding. I think that the other side of the coin is that we really need to um, pay attention to actually who benefit from that finance uh, scheme, because most of the time we are busy, you know, trying to um, identify different sources of funding and you know, to secure the funding uh, and, and overlook the importance of understanding how the funding and how the finance will be used in order to achieve, you know, effective, efficient, but more importantly, equitable outcome of any climate change policy. Um, so again, um, uh, I guess like the two points that we wanted to highlight is first of all, you do need to have a sustainable resources um, and ensuring sufficient financial resources um, to um, 
you know, to, to translate of the action on the ground and to uh, create a, a strong financial incentive for our stakeholder behavior chain. But at the same time, we do need to uh, look at the other sides of the coin to understand and to ensure that this money are well spent and reach to the target group um, and to ensure the equitable outcome of that uh, climate change finance uh, distribution. Thank you, Tui. Great points. Hope we can overcome the obstacles and not just in Vietnam, but around the world. Um, thank you again for being here with us. Very informative. And thank you for making time despite the cop rush. <laughs> I hope you have a good and fruitful meeting in Glasgow. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Take care and see you on the next episode. Bye.